Is everything different? We're going to return to all the changing aspects of our world, whether it's the pandemic or the reset or Ukraine or supply chain. But they seem to be all coming together. We get the message, right? I, we get the message that workforces are, in part, determining their future like they never have before. Everyone been waiting for perhaps the government to give them something, and some of them are getting up and walking and leaving. It's creating competition, the likes of which we've never seen in the labor market. We know the minimum wage going up in the province of Ontario. Is it enough? Uh, We've been dealing with that. But these shortages are really affecting employers. Some say they just have to change their expectations. So this may be one of the biggest signs here. That who's who's got the power now? Uh, Dr. Tricia Williams joining us live, Director of Research, Evaluation and Knowledge Mobilization at Ryerson University's Future Skills Center. Dr. Williams, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. I, I never really thought in my foreseeable future we would hear, you know, employers have to change their expectations. It was all about workers for so long, wasn't it? You got to do this, you got to do this, you know, maybe just get in the door, move sideways, agreed to do this. Now we have a power imbalance because of this labor shortage. How should employers be looking at this? I mean, that's a great question. And I, I like how you're framing it in terms of, you know, thinking about the power that workers have now and articulating what do we want around the future of work and what kind of work is dignified and meaningful to workers. Um, so we are seeing that it's going to take agility and innovation, I think, along multiple dimensions, innovation for employers to think about the kinds of workers they need to perhaps upskill people as they walk in the door. Maybe they aren't going to show up with the skill set that the employer completely needs, but the employer is going to invest in that. And we also know that workers are going to need to be agile and committed to lifelong learning. This isn't, it's no longer that you're training at the early in your career and you're done with your education and training, but you'll be investing in thinking about your, your skills and how you're learning and the kinds of jobs you can do throughout your working life. Agility comes to mind as you're talking. And I, you know, it's interesting that it isn't just one sided. You're also saying to workers, I know you think you're this, and but maybe you might have to become that. That's always been one of the biggest challenges. And I have been a manager, and that was a challenge to get people to think of things differently. But now you're just saying it's it's gonna be a do or die. It is, you know, this has been talked about, I think, in in policy circles for some time. So there's this, uh, you know, a a few big signature reports, the Dominic Barton report that came out for the Future Skills Council um, a few years ago, and the council last year released a report basically saying Canada needs to become a learning nation, where we're investing in learning throughout the life course, because it isn't so much that whole jobs will disappear. So for instance, if you're a plumber, it isn't that plumbing jobs will disappear, but the skills you need as a plumber are going to shift along with changes in technology, along with construction standards, along with you know retrofitting homes to be more energy efficient. So the skill set within that occupation will be shifting over time. 
Is this all a good thing? Are you seeing positive outcomes for this? Because it's tough for people, isn't it? They're out of their comfort zone. And they've got to lure people. They're trying to keep their business alive. They've gone through hell with this pandemic. People have gone through hell working in the pandemic. But again, can there be good things happening here? I mean, I think I think that's, you know, that's an essential question. And one of the things we at the Future Skills Center really keep foremost is about you know, focusing on the most disadvantaged, the people with the most obstacles and barriers in front of them. If we're not careful, if we just let this proceed as it might unroll without targeted interventions, I think we will see increasing inequality and people who are left behind in the future work. And this is why so many of our programs, I believe 70% of our projects that we're innovating around skills and skills demand and skills supply are focused on uh, equity-seeking groups and the most disadvantaged groups, how to make sure they can participate fully in the future of work. So I would say that the story isn't all doom and gloom, but it's going to require target interventions and a specific approach towards making sure that the most vulnerable are not left behind. You know, we've often heard a a willingness to do that, retraining the most vulnerable aren't left mm-hmm. behind. I'm just talking from my own opinion. I, I would think of it years later when I heard the problem was still there, and I'd say, well, didn't we have all sorts of commitments in government, this, that, and the other? Have we learned more? Yeah. I mean, you're doing it not from a government point of view. You're doing it from Ryerson University's Future Skills Center, so you, you have a little bit more freedom and is that a is that a positive thing right now? Because we always say we're going to do it, and then when you look back, it's not done. Well, I mean, this is a. I think it is happening. Maybe we haven't told the story of it so well, so it isn't so visible to people. So the Future Skills Center is actually funded through the Future Skills Office as part of the federal government. So we do receive federal government funding, and we're working very closely with provincial territorial governments across Canada. We have a pan-Canadian mandate. What I will say is um, really unique in the sense is that we are focused on solutions that work for Canadians, right? Very practical solutions. And if if anyone went to our website, they'd say, wow, all these cross sectors, we're looking for what are those innovations that are gonna push the envelope to thinking about skills in a different way. Um, We know that there have been commitments, there has been talk, but I do believe, I think we're on the cusp of saying, you know, we have things that we know work, we're scaling them up. And the next step will be making sure that those things are not just one-off siloed things, but that actually get integrated into programs and policies so they reach more people. When you talk about skills change, and I'm sure, you know, as we're yeah. talking, I can't imagine anyone who's not listening, whether an employer or worker, and going, well, how does this apply to me? Because everybody in their life is thinking about these things. Is there a newness? Is there a new approach or word or phrase that is attached to what we've learned right now? Oh, now that's a challenge to ask an academic to bring it down to one word. <laughs> you can use more say, than one. I give you permission. No, no, you no. can go a whole couple of sentences here. Here's, here's a couple of things. So one, I would say change is the new normal. So a lot okay. of times, right. I think in the last couple of years, we've been talking about COVID and all the disruptions from COVID. And I think the amount of disruption and change we're going to see is, is not necessarily going to decrease. You know, so change is the new normal. The other thing I think is, you know, we we released a paper with our consortium partner, the Conference Board of Canada, a couple weeks ago, which we're really excited about. 
because it's really starting to say, you know, what is the cost of not thinking about skills? What is the cost? And I think, you know, if there's an employer listening, they're like, yes, I can't hire this skill set. I can't find these people. And it's costing me in terms of growing my business or meeting this, this opportunity. When we look at that across the economy, um, the economists who wrote the paper for Conference Board of Canada with Future Skills Centre that that's actually worth $25 billion in unrealized wow. uh, benefit that, in yeah. 2020. That, that is so, so much money. Uh, we're going to have to say goodbye. Fascinating, though. Yes. Good luck to you, Dr. Tricia Williams. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Dr. Tricia Williams is Director of Research, Evaluation, Knowledge, Mobilization at Ryerson University's Future Skills Center.